in the natural order of things, I think the most intimate, powerful experience for every one of us is that time when we are being formed in our mother's womb. It is the closest, most intimate relationship each one of us has from the very beginning, from the moment of conception. And all the way through those nine or so months, being formed body and blood by a woman, our mothers. So if God is going to enter into humanity to become one of us, I suppose he could have done it any number of ways, but let's think about that. Could he, could he simply just beamed in like Scotty, Star Trek style, you know? Beam me in Scotty. No, that's not a man. That's a ghost. That's a figment of imagination. And that's artificial. Could he have simply just shown up out of nowhere, just popped out of the sky? No, again, that's not a real man. That's a myth. Those are stories like the gods of the ancient religions. Or he simply just, I don't know, was there always, hiding, and then said, here I am. No. No, that's not the way it could ever have been. The only way God could enter the natural order, if he was going to do that, would be through a woman. Again, the child being formed in her womb from the moment of his conception. And the Blessed Virgin being formed in her mother's womb, St. Anne, from the moment of that conception. And each one of us from the moment of that conception being formed, body and blood, in that most intimate and powerful experience over which none of us had any control. It was all a gift being done to us by nature, biology, physics, and the love of a mother. We were dads, we stand outside all of that and we watch and we wonder and we worry, but it's really the mother who holds that child deep inside her. Now, that's very important for us as we reflect on our preparation once again for Christmas because this is the reality of how God became flesh. Not just a story for its own sake, but the story that says something very powerful about life and about how much God respects the order of life, that he should take on flesh through a woman. I mean, if I were God, I would never have done it that way. If I wanted to save everyone, as I've said so many times, I'd simply just prepare the message and send it out as a tweet to the world, right? The message in every language, in every dialect, past, present, future, living, dead, preparing that message from all eternity, and at that very moment, I'd simply press 
sinned. Done. They're saved. The message says, I love you. The message says, I forgive you. The message says, all is well. You're reconciled. Ho, ho, ho. No. No. Because that's artificial. Once again, God doesn't have a cell phone. Doesn't have an iPhone. Doesn't have an iPad. Doesn't have anything except the truth and the reality of that truth through a woman who had to say yes freely, who had to say, you come into my life and I will give you life. Enter me and I will give you body and blood. See, God had to bow down before her. That's amazing. The only religion the world has ever known in which God humbles himself before a woman. Amazing. And she says yes. Wow. So every time then we look at Jesus, we see the image of Mary. Because every child resembles more or less the father or the mother. In this case, what did he look like? He looked like her. He must have looked just like her. You could line him up against all the other women in his family, and they'd say, Jesus is son of that woman there, Mary. That's how real it is. And she's teaching him how to pray. And she's teaching him how to accept the will of God in his life. And it was not an easy birth, as you know. We have all the hallmark picture cards of this incredibly serene scene, but the reality that we're told and the reality we know from history at that time was anything but serene. So they were praying together with Joseph, and we'll hear more about Joseph next week as we conclude the Advent season in preparation for Christmas. But we're focused on Mary because she is patiently waiting to give birth. And God was patiently waiting from all eternity to enter her. So that the two, in a sense, are working this out together because there is no real salvation without his humanity. Because if he's not really a man, born of her, blood of her blood, flesh of her flesh, then that's not real. And if that's not real on a cross, then we are still in sin, says St. Paul, and all of this religion is one big joke. No, it was real. It is real now. It's real for all of us. So every time then I hold up that host and say, this is my body, the words of Jesus, remember in the background where he got his body. This is my blood. Remember where he got the blood. So the flip side of Jesus is always going to be the face of Mary. You can't have Jesus without Mary. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's why as Catholics, we hold her in such great esteem as first among the saints. Not a goddess. No. Many of our Protestant brothers and sisters confuse that and say, oh, we worship her. No. If we worshiped her, she'd be divine. And the problem is that if she's divine, he would never be human. 
So she has to be 100% human, never divine. That's what protects us from some kind of heresy that says she's a, a goddess. No way. Mary's not a goddess. She could never be a goddess. Because if she were, he would never be a real man. Oh no, she's first among us. She's first among us. And for that reason then, we honor her. And she has very powerful intercession, as every mother does. We all know our mothers, many of them deceased now, and they have that powerful intercession even now for us. Because a mother's love never ends. It cannot end. It's just part of the experience, if a mother truly is a loving mother. And Mary is. We are celebrating, of course, our 150th parish anniversary this year with lots of celebrations, and we have put to work a commemorative rosary that we are making available to you today in a very special way to celebrate this sesquicentennial as a parish. Because we know that a family that prays together stays together. Mary, Joseph, and the baby prayed together in very difficult circumstances and stayed together. And this is how we come together in Christ through her. So more about that from Natalie Plum, who is our director of communications here at the parish, has done a masterful job at improving our website and bulletin. She's also director of our youth ministry, a parishioner, and one who has tremendous interest in promoting the cause of the rosary here. And I commend her to you now for a few moments to tell you about this. Thank you, Natalie, for joining us. Thank you so much, Monsignor, for that beautiful introduction. About eight years ago, I was exiting the Tenley Town Metro. I was home from college for the summer because I was born and raised in DC. And I was walking home down Albemarle Street and I hung a left onto 42nd. Iona was closed, St. Columba was closed, the church, the house on the corner was being renovated and so was Janney Elementary School. And as I continued down the street, I noticed a man following me. So I immediately turned around and went back to that unfortunately very dark corner. But by the time I got there, I wasn't fast enough. He had pulled out a gun, he pistol whipped me on the right side of my neck. The gun went off. I was very close to losing my life. And I'm here in front of you today, I believe, because while I was walking home, I was praying the rosary. And every time we pray the Hail Mary, at the end of that prayer we say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. You've heard many miraculous stories from Monsignor Watkins as well about how Mary has interceded to give us this beautiful Pieta, for example. We are blessed at this church, and St. Anne is the mother of Mary. So we could think of no better way to commemorate this 150th anniversary than to offer rosaries. We could have done a mug or a magnet, but this, this is much more special. And so we have four different kinds, and we are actually almost out of one of them. The, the wooden one is almost sold out, but we have three other glass beads. They're white, red, and blue. And we're asking for a suggested offering, and if you can't afford this, please just offer what you can 
35 for one and 60 for two, and then just do the multiplication from there. We also have free CDs. If you don't feel like getting a rosary, we just encourage you, please take a CD. You can pop it into your car, and it will pray the rosary with you. It will teach you how to pray it, because this devotion, again, is so important. We need to ask our mother to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And we also have a little pamphlet, a sheet of paper that explains how to pray the rosary too. Those are also free and in the back. And Grace is going to help me for a second here. We've got this candle, which you've seen before. It's got Anne and Mary on it, Anne teaching Mary. And because it's Christmas and we want to thank you for supporting this effort, you get one free candle with each rosary that you get. (laughs) Thank you, Grace. And I almost forgot to tell you what's so special about this. The cross that's on this rosary is this cross right here. It's an exact image. On the back, you have 1869 and our logo. On the centerpiece, you've got the facade of our church. As you're looking at our church, it looks exactly the same. And then the statue out there in the garden with Anne teaching Mary is on the other side of the centerpiece. So these are very unique. This is the only place you can find them in the world. They were made in Italy by hand, and they carry a warranty. If you find any defects, you can get it replaced. Just contact us, and we'll get it replaced for you. And we really appreciate your support of this. Uh, May Mary pray for us now and at the hour of our deaths. Amen. Thank you. Natalie will be available in the vestibule after Mass. Please uh, take advantage of this and note that this is not just something of a trinket. The rosary actually is blessed. It's a sacramental because it's blessed. And we take the rosary very seriously as a very, very important devotion. It's probably one of the few devotions that is worldwide, universal. Wherever Mary has occurred or appeared, sometimes you see her with the rosary. This was especially the case at Lourdes in France when she appeared to Bernadette, and she was praying the rosary with Bernadette. Fascinating. That's what Bernadette saw, the lady praying the beads over and over. Because each of those beads and decades is the way you meditate on the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord. And Mary was always there at all those events. She was always there with him. And she's with him and with us even now.